Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Here's another fact you want to write down. Today, Christ followers are the mouths, the hands, and the feet of Jesus. So God brought you here to minister to hurting people. And the way you do that is through our mouths, through our hands, through our feet. In other words, we're going to touch people. We're going to be involved intimately in the lives of people. Because our flesh is always seeking to get what it wants, it's common to create our own version of Jesus in order to indulge our sin. People can twist and stretch their image of Jesus so much that he's unrecognizable into something that's no longer the truth. Jesus is the Word, so there's no mistake about exactly who he is. When things get fuzzy, it's usually because we're adding or taking away from him. As we'll see today, the Jews were looking for their version of the Messiah, one that would serve their wants, not their needs. Because of that, they missed him. If you're determined to remain blind to the truth, it will pass you by. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verse 16 for our continuing study entitled, How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything. How many of you remember this movie, Pleasantville? You see, that was a movie back in the late 90s, and it was about, well, it was about this perfect city. Everything's perfect there. Did you know that in Orlando we have a Pleasantville? Disney built a city called Celebration City. It's picture perfect. Manicured lawns, classic movie theater, everything spotless. No problems. Until recently, take a look at the next sign that we discover in celebration. It's a crime line. Well, what happened to the perfection? Celebration, the perfect city, saw its second instance of deadly violence when a resident turned a gun on himself during the standoff with a SWAT team. The death followed an unrelated case Monday in which the community of celebration recorded its first homicide in its 14-year history. That just reminds us what you already know. Hurting people are everywhere in our world, even in picture-perfect so-called cities. That's the world that Jesus came to. And he came for a purpose. If I would go around the room right now, here in Melbourne or any of our other campuses, and just stop and head a mic and say, well, I ask you, where are you hurting? What's happened in the last few weeks? You'd be amazed at the stories in the people's lives. Well, Jesus came here for that very reason. 
He knew our world was always filled with hurt and pain and suffering. Well, what would he do about it? That's what we want to study. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Now, let me give you a little history. Jesus had already been, uh, well, down south to Jerusalem, and he'd be ministering. He's already picked his disciples. He goes back to his home city, Nazareth. He goes back to the synagogue he was always raised in. The people are excited. His neighbors, his friends, they know him. And they're waiting to see what this Jesus, they're just looking at him as a man, is going to say. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. It should be your custom to routinely be in a weekend service. Oh, not every third week, not every fourth week, but a routine good godly habit to be where the word of God is taught. That's what Jesus did. That's the way he was raised. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And unrolling that scroll, he, he found the place that he wanted to read. He goes to the 61st chapter of Isaiah. It's a prophecy from 700 years before Jesus is reading. And it was a prophecy about the coming Jewish Messiah. Now, the people in that synagogue, they studied the Old Testament. They knew that this Messiah was coming. Of course, they're not relating Jesus to him. But what they were looking for, they were looking for a savior, but a very different kind of savior, which realistically they're still looking for today in Israel. They were looking for a political savior in those days to get rid of Rome. In our day, to get rid of all the Arabs. That's what they're looking for. So it could be peace in Jerusalem. Well, look what Jesus quotes in verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to release the oppressed. Notice all of those people are hurting. They're like you and me. And then verse 19, a very positive verse, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In other words, God was here and things were going to be much more favorable. Verse 20, then he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. You see, in those days, the teacher would sit down and teach. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying, this was Jesus' opening statement of his teaching, Today, this 700-year-old scripture, prophecy, is fulfilled in your hearing. You could have heard a pin drop. Jesus says, I am the fulfillment of this prophecy. The Messiah you're waiting for has arrived. I'm that Messiah. And by the way, I'm also God. Notice what Jesus was saying, which was a shock to these people. Jesus says, I'm God. I'm your Messiah. 
And then look at these last words you see there. This is his mission statement. This is why he'd come. I have been sent to meet your needs. He knew the world was hurting. And he said, my father, God, Jehovah, wants to meet your spiritual and your physical and your financial and your emotional needs. Now, the disciples, he had already chosen his disciples, they had been watching Jesus minister to hurting people. And they're kind of trying to get an idea, because he says, follow me and I'll make you like me. They're trying to see how in the world that's going to work. And of course, even this statement probably shocked them. They never did really get this until after he went to the cross. But they're learning by watching Jesus how to minister to hurting people. And then a couple years later, in John chapter 14, Jesus says, Pretty shocking things to his disciples. He says, I'm going to the cross. That's going to be the ultimate need that people are going to need. I'm going to go to the cross, pay for the sins of the world. I'm going back to heaven. And by the way, I'm turning all of this to you. And he made a statement which was, well, we know the statement. It's in John 14, and it's in verse 12. And Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, speaking to his disciples, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. Well, what was he doing? Well, he was ministering to hurting people. He was sharing the gospel. People were coming to Christ. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. See, it's very easy to understand what he was saying. Here's Jesus. He's been ministering for three and a half years. So you take 12 people that duplicate Jesus and they minister for 30 or 40 years. Way more ministry happens. In fact, one of the disciples, Peter, On the first sermon he gave in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people got saved. Probably more than ever came to salvation in Jesus' whole ministry in one day. And so he makes this statement to the disciples. Now, I got up yesterday morning early. God began to speak to my heart about this verse. Here we are 2,000 years later. We know this truth that you see. We know that the ministry of Jesus has been not just transferred to the disciples, but it's been transferred to you and it's been transferred to me. I know that, but I don't live it. I can quote the verse to you, but I don't expect God to use me like Jesus was used. I don't expect God to use me to help hurting people. So I'm going to challenge you, because God challenged me, to make this personal. Let's change reading this verse as if it was written to people that we don't know, that has no application to us today at all. Let me read it to you the way God spoke it to me yesterday. By the way, this is your homework. Write this verse down, and this week... You put your name in there. Notice what it says. I tell you the truth, Mark, this is just for me, who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. And Mark will do even greater things in these because I'm going to the Father. You see, it's not just a statement that's removed from me. It's who I'm supposed to be. How are the hurting people in our area going to be ministered to? If we just take this truth as a fact, but no application privately. So here's what we're going to do in all our campuses. Get ready. We're going to read it. 
and there's a blank up there. Don't put Mark in there. You put your name in there. Practice your name. You know your name. And we're going to read it out loud. And I want you to see how that sounds to you. So here we go in Orlando and Sebastian and Vieira and here in Melbourne. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. I tell you the truth. Mark, your name, who has faith in me, will do what I've been doing. And Mark will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. That's probably the first time ever you put yourself in that. Make any difference? Well, saying it doesn't make a difference, but living it does. And that's what we're going to learn about today. You see, we didn't come just to be religious people. We came to do the very ministry of Jesus. So, what is my mission statement? Here it is. First thing to write down today on all of our campuses, those of you watching by the internet. Christ follower, you were born to meet the needs of hurting people. One of the reasons you were born, Jesus was born to meet the needs. He said, I've come, I've come from the Father, and I've come to meet the needs of hurting people. You were born for the same reason. Now, we know that there's hurting people all around us. How are we going to do that? Because I'm reminded of it today, because you're in here in the teaching. You can't get out now, you're here. So you're going to be reminded that we're part of it. But we designed for you... A little blue bracelet to remind you all the time. Look what it says. Our God provides believing in joy. So every time you look at this, I want you to begin thinking about hurting people. And who's going to minister to them? You are. So we're going to answer two questions today through the teaching. Number one, what do hurting people look like? And we're going to use... The words Jesus used. What are hurting people look like? Kind of a summary that Luke gives us. The second question is, well, how do I meet the need? How can I know God's going to do it? I mean, you got to be kidding me. How is this going to work? So we're going to answer both of those questions. But before we do that, let's just remind ourselves, when you look at this little bracelet, here's another fact you want to write down. Today, Christ followers are the mouths, the hands, and the feet of Jesus. So God brought you here to minister to hurting people, and the way you do that is through our mouths, through our hands, through our feet. In other words, we're going to touch people. We're going to be involved intimately in the lives of people. Now, let me give you an opening statement, and I think it will clarify some issues for us. Understand that there were no hurting people, there were no needs, zero needs, in the Garden of Eden until Adam and Eve sinned. When God created man, he didn't create man needy, hurting. There were no needs. Everything was perfect. It was Pleasantville. It was as perfect as perfect could be. But the minute sin entered with Satan, that did two things. It infected our world, and it infected the DNA pool that you and I are born with. So from all of that, an infected world with sin, and individuals with sin, from all of that come hurt, bondage, 
heart, brokenheartedness, spiritual blindness, physical distress. All of that comes from sin. Now, let me explain. If you're a Christ follower today, most of your hurts are distress. The difficult things in life don't come because you are sinning. That's been taken care of. You've asked God to forgive you. Now, again, we're not perfect. So sometimes some of the mess we get into, we do pay for it. There's consequences when we sin. But by and large, for a Christian, we're not experiencing hurt and pain and suffering because we're sinning. We're experiencing it because we live in a sin-laced world. Do you understand that? The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Paul was in prison, not because he was sinning, but because he lived in a world that had Satan as its head. So here in this building, all of our campuses, many of us are Christ followers. You're hurting. You're experiencing difficult things. All of these things happen, not because you're sinning, but because we live in this world. And by the way, that will never end until we get to heaven. That's when the hurts end. Now, outside of us are unbelievers. They not only experience the hurts and the distress and the difficulty of life because they live in a world that's just like this, but they also experience their own problems because they are sinning. You're going to see in a moment, sin brings bondage. And with that comes disaster. So we can help them immensely in that area. And that's where we go to. But all of us just live in a world where there's struggles and difficulty. Amen? Anybody here know what hurting means in your life? Anybody? Yeah, all of us. The other night, we went home from the, the couple's party we had here, the couple's bash. By the way, it was great. We had like 500 people here. It was amazing. And we were driving home, and we're at, a, at the stoplight. We were in there for a while, and sing along. All of a sudden, bang! Oh. And I looked, and... Somebody had saw the light green, and it wasn't. they were about that far away from us. But man, it really banged us. So we pulled over the car. We hadn't had an accident in I can't tell you how many years. We pull over the side, and I get out, and I walk over to the young man getting out of the car. And he looks at me and goes, oh, Pastor Mark. <laughs> I said, well, at least it'll get paid for now, so that's all right. No, we talked a little bit. I got his name. There's hardly anything. I'll have it buffed out. It's no big deal at all. But see, we just live in a world where stuff happens. Amen? It, it just happens. So how do we go from this area where Adam and Eve sinned and we're left with all this stuff? How do we go? Let me give you this morning kind of this summary of hurts. Not just ours, but people around us. And I'll define them. And you're going to see this, that only God can meet those needs. But he meets them through you and through me. So here's the first one to write down today. Only God can forgive people of sins. Notice the opening statement Jesus makes. He says, I've come to preach good news. What is that good news? The good news is that anyone can be forgiven and cleansed from their sin. Anyone. Man's greatest need 
is forgiveness. You see, the hurt of not being a believer will be experienced forever in eternity in a place called hell, separated from God. And so the greatest need is to take care of that spiritual need now because it's not just the physical things that are happening here on earth. You and I are made to live forever. So man's greatest need is that. Now, how is that need going to be met? Jesus said, I've come to preach to you good news. The disciples would learn that. So God designed every one of us to be able to share the gospel with the lost. We're the only ones that have good news. We're the only ones that can say to people, you can be forgiven and start again. It doesn't matter. No exceptions. One day Jesus came to a woman who had been caught in the very act of adultery. You remember the story. The religious leaders were there to stone her. Well, Jesus took care of that by writing some of their sins or whatever. We don't know, but they all left. The woman was expecting it was over with. She's going to be stoned to death. She was caught in the very act. And Jesus said to her, look around. Are there any, is there anybody here to condemn you? And she, shockingly, she looked and she went, well, there's nobody here, but I'm facing you. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Then he said this, go and sin no more. You see, I can say that to you this morning. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how many times you've blown it. God will forgive you today. There's nobody that has that message. There's nobody that can tell you that. That's the grace of God. Now, I can't forgive you that, but God can. He can give anyone a brand new start. But there's something more. In our world today, Jesus is not here physically. So who's going to share that truth with our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers, students in school, our relatives? Who's going to share it? You and I are going to share it. So let me ask you a question, all of our campuses, and I want you to think about this a lot. When is the last time you shared the gospel? When is the last time you able to share the truth of God's word? When was the last time? For some of you, you can't remember. Well, here's another question. Can you? If you had the opportunity, could you, could you just take a little piece of paper? Let's say you're at Starbucks or you're at McDonald's or whatever, and you take a little piece of paper and, and on a napkin, you drew the bridge illustration. Here's man separated from God and here's all his good works. It doesn't work. Could, could you sit and draw that? Could you share that? I said, Pastor Mark, that's like not my job. That's your job. Oh no, you're wrong. I don't meet the same people you meet. God brings you to those people. In fact, maybe next week I'm going to just put the little bridge illustration up to kind of fire us up a little bit. You see, you and I are to use our mouth to share the gospel. Nobody else is going to share it. You're going to share it. And so I want to challenge you to think about that. In today's message, we heard how Jesus fulfilled the prophecies made about the Messiah. We heard how the Jews had wanted a political powerhouse as their Messiah, but Jesus was more concerned with the poor, the downtrodden, and the prisoners. He was not what they had in mind, but they were all hurting. Jesus proclaimed that he would provide for the needs of whoever asked, 
no matter where they came from or what they had done. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now, be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark shows us just what this Savior for all had in mind when he introduced his ministry. Jesus seeks to heal people's hurts and deliver them from the bondage of sin, which is a ministry that we can continue in today. Pastor Mark will take us through the steps of how to do that, how to have the right heart and communicate the goodness and hope of receiving Jesus as your Savior. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Thank you.